0: Hello everyone! Today we are joined by Joanna Sapir, a business strategist who works with all kinds of health and wellness practitioners. And today she is going to be talking to us about a kind of revolutionary way of approaching business where instead of booking clients per session, we as practitioners are designing programs for them to better suit their needs, and to better facilitate abundance in our own lives as practitioners. One of the things that Joanna is big on is that therapists often think being slammed is the pinnacle of their career, and she helps practitioners move away from this mindset.
1: Align with the Massage Business Mama comes to you with a combined 22-plus years experience in the massage biz as entrepreneurs, providing actionable tips and resources you can implement today. Becca, an off-grid living, quirky, trail-running massage therapist, esthetician, and yogi offers her business and wellness perspective to you with highly caffeine-fueled, compassionate wit. Allie, your hardworking, driven, creative mom, massage therapist, business owner, lover of friend gatherings, all-time annual family talent show winner, brings her drive and business savvy to every episode.
0: Joanna, thank you so much for joining us today. Yay, I'm so excited to be here and to talk to you. It's awesome. Awesome to have you here. And I'm so excited to hear more about how you develop these programs. But before we dive into that, I'd love for our listeners just to learn a little bit about you, your background, and kind of how you got to this place where you're you're helping health and wellness practitioners. Yeah, well,
1: it's been a long and winding road. (laughs) (laughs) Like so many of ours. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, really, yeah. So I, uh, my first career and my calling was to teaching. I don't don't know if you know that. Um, I was a high school history teacher for a decade and I taught teachers and was really uh, strong with curriculum development and top curriculum. So I'm mentioning that because it actually plays out in in what we're talking about today. Awesome. Um, So I had no experience in business whatsoever, never dreamed of starting a business. Uh, My family does not in business. Um, Like being a public school teacher was very much like in my family culture. So it was... It was an interesting road. I ended up starting a a strength and conditioning gym, opening a strength and conditioning gym, only because I moved to a new county and town where I couldn't find a place to do the kind of physical training I had been doing where I lived before. It was like I tried everything there was that could possibly fit the bill and nothing existed like what I wanted. So I went why don't I create this? <laughs> and um, and truly, it's I, I say that I practically started it by accident. I mean, there was intention there, but I was not like thinking ahead. I wasn't, you know, I, I really didn't know what I was doing. And you know, people started coming. <laughs> it actually grew. So I think sometimes people are sort of struggle in their business and piddle along, right? And and then maybe sometimes quit or, or something. You know, I kind of had the opposite problem where it it grew and grew and i had a lot of clients and i was all alone and hit burnout like within year 1. Yeah, that's so <laughs> uh, quick. Yeah, it was i mean it was just so much to handle. i was also a single mom of two really young children at the time and it was like you know i'm just spending lots of money on childcare to run this business full time and so I realized that, okay, well, if I'm going to do this, I mean, it was clear that it was viable, financially viable, you know, but I had to figure out how to actually make it run properly. So I just kind of set about like, okay, now let's, let's get some education. Let's like learn how to do business, you know, and I joined business coaching programs, and I read books, and I um, i don't even think podcasts existed then yet. Maybe they were just starting, but it wasn't like now. Um, but I was really just learning everything I could. And I, I actually, unlike a lot of people, I actually fell in love with the business side of things. I think it really fit that curriculum-oriented brain of mine in terms of organi- organizing a business into systems and structures for it to run. And, um, and so, in that process, I began to have the vision of, oh, okay, I actually really want this business to exist, but I don't need to be the one leading it, running it. So, I want to build this to be sellable and exist without me. That's kind of the vision I had. And that makes a very clear, a clear vision. When you have a clear vision and you know what you're going for, then, you know, the steps to get there become much clearer when you know what, what, you're going to do with your business. So I really set about building it to be a sellable asset that could run without me. And, um, and that's what I did. I ended up selling it. So let me note that in the process, I myself was, uh, I was a competitive athlete. I still am. I'm just an old competitive athlete. I was, a, I'm an Olympic style weightlifter. And so my own health I mean, both as a weightlifter and as a mom and as a business owner, I really, really cared about my health and wellness. And so I was the client of many different practitioners, many different body workers, massage therapists, naturopaths, all really trying to address my whatever pains and problems I had and whatever goals and desires I have, whether that was competing at a particular level or just being as healthy as I could be for my kids, you know, and have as much energy as possible. So I was the client and still am of many of these of these wellness practitioners. And I, as I'm building this business, my own business, and really understanding business and putting in place these systems and structures, I'm working with them and just seeing like, these are brilliant practitioners who are totally just struggling business-wise. Like they were either just not making enough money and working so hard, or they were just totally, totally slammed and had no time for their own health, for example. Yep. and that was where I started to see, like, there's this need. I need to share with them, like, everything I've learned and, you know, and I'm doing, and so I, I kind of started doing that just uh, naturally and on the side. These were people who became friends and started helping people out, and then when I, you know, got around to the process of selling my business, I knew that's what I wanted to do was help wellness practitioners with their businesses,
0: so that's, that's how I got to what I'm doing today, which is exactly what I do. Yeah. And so, Joanna, how long have you been have you been doing this this business strategist work? So this has been five years, which is not
1: that long, and at the same time, kind of a kind of a marker, five year mark mark, you know? Yeah. Yep. That's I exciting. Sold, yeah, I sold the gym in twenty seventeen. So yeah, that's five years ago from now.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, so this idea of creating programs instead of booking by sessions. I know it's it kind of sounds crazy to some people i'm sure because it's just so against the grain of what we're taught and and know so well can you can you share a little bit more about how that looks and
1: sure well let's let let me go back to what i was saying that as a client as a client uh particularly particularly Body workers. So I'm, I'm, I'm using body worker and including massage therapists in there, people who, um, you know, uh, use a variety of modalities. And and some of them would call themselves massage therapists and some of them wouldn't necessarily. But here I was as a client and let's say I had, let's say I had a competition coming up in three months. And, you know, I just had, I'm training hard and, you know, getting ready to peak for that and, and my hip is giving me trouble, right? So I would go see a practitioner and, you know, they'd say, what's going on? You know, and I tell them and it's like, they would kind of do their thing for that session. And then they might end the session and say, you know, when do you want to come back? And it was kind of all left in my court, right? And what I was looking for as a client was somebody who like wanted to be on my team you know, somebody who would sit down with me and say, okay, so you got this competition coming up in three months. Here's what I see going on with your body, right? And here's what I think your plan should be to prepare for this, your body work plan or your massage therapy plan and lay that out for me. That's what I was looking for as a client. And at the same time, it's what I was providing for people in the gym. You know, people would call the gym and and say something like, can I try a class? And I'd say, actually, no, we don't do that. (laughs) You know what I mean? Because one class is not ever going to be what you need. And it's not even going to give you a taste of what an actual program looks like. Right. So of course, let me just say business-wise, we would totally have these fun events and bring a friend days where people could, could experience something. But the way that we actually enrolled people was not come try a class and see what it's like. It was we sat down with them and said, who are you? Had a consultation. Who are you? What's going on with you? What are your goals? How have you tried to reach these goals in the past? Why is this important to you? Okay. And we do an assessment and say, here's what we see is what you need to do to reach your goals. And never is that one session. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I mean, we can see that in the realm of fitness, right? But I guess what I'm encouraging massage therapists to do is also see that for your clients. Anytime people are coming with issues with their body, it's rarely, if ever some single fix. Like, yeah, you might be making them feel better in one session, but are you getting to the root of the problem? Usually what practitioners tell me anyway, and body workers tell me is no, we have to find the root of the problem. And that generally takes some time to actually be addressing. And we got to kind of test, is this working? Is this working right to actually get to what the issue is to help people,
0: you know, get rid of these problems and reach their goals. It's so funny, Joanna, because I recently have stopped selling gift certificates in my practice because I find that so many of the gift card recipients just want to come in for one session and I have no interest in working on someone for one session. And so I'm like, I, you know, unless it's an existing client, I'm like, I'm not selling gift certificates to people because I I don't want to have someone come in and just try to feel good for an hour. Like I want to help facilitate change in the body.
1: Well, you just said it. But I mean, that's it to facilitate change. So a program approach, taking you know, leading your clients, enrolling your clients in some kind of program or treatment plan is how you can think of it. Doesn't you know? Program. A lot of times, people think sounds like it has a name and it's you know this one thing, but you could just think of it as a treatment plan. Is how you're going to help your clients make that change. Period. And the fact is, is that. Clients will, the right clients will love that as well. And so that's why I tell this story of me as a client. It's what I wanted. And one of the, I think the only reason it's not more widely used, this approach, is simply because people just, people start businesses and they do what they see everyone else doing. It's just like, but there's no actual real reason why it's done that way, right? The session by session approach. So I have, worked with many many uh, body workers who who go into a programmatic approach and i'll just say they're very very successful the right clients are thrilled with this and are not left wondering you know how am i going to address this they they've enrolled themselves into a plan for it
0: how does a program differ from a package approach Yeah, that's a great
1: question. So, just for everyone listening, I call, you know, packages or a pack of sessions, like, yes, that's different. So, that's pretty common, right? People will say you can buy one session or you can buy five sessions or 10 sessions, like, for a discount. There's still no um, step-by-step plan that you're leading somebody on with that. So, I buy a 10-pack. I still am scheduling it whenever I want to, right? And... I'm still showing up and the practitioner saying, so what's going on today? You know, anything we should address or whatever. It's not actually a plan, right? So when I talk about a programmatic approach, it's you, you know, you bring a client in, you're doing whatever form of assessment you do, and then you're laying out for them. Here's what I think we need. And you may be in a uh, practitioner mode at that point. There may be some that you may need to learn some communication around telling them, what it is that that you're gonna do or what you think they need. It may be something like three phases to the treatment. It may be, you know, we're gonna address this and then this and then this, however that works for you. But you're on that track together And they understand that that's what they're enrolling in. Right. It's not the number of sessions. It's not the hours. It's this plan. We're carrying out this plan. And you can be very open as well. Um, I think when people are starting out with this, um, you know, sometimes they lay out a plan and let's say a practitioner is like, you know, this will be 10 weeks. And then as they get closer to the end of 10 weeks, they're like, it needs more. You can be very transparent with your clients about that. You can be transparent about about it with them the whole time. But the more you do it, the more you're able to just nail kind of what it is, right? The more experience you have doing this. So you got to get in there and try it. and You get better and better at that. But having that plan is different. So one thing that practitioners that work with me that do this have noted to me is that Before, when they were on a session by session approach, they still might be, you know, they still might have a client. It sounds like you have this. It's where they're still coming back over and over. So that's not simply the difference. But when they would come back, each time they would come in, the practitioners say that they felt like they had to, you know, like, wow, the person they had to, like, really give them some, like, immense feeling of, oh, I'm so much better so that they would come back in again. Right. And when you have a programmatic approach and there's this plan in place, you you get to release that. Um, I was just talking to a client yesterday who's now been doing this for like three years. And it was like three years ago when he initially worked with me. And he was saying that he, his example was that before I would never do something that might actually create more discomfort in somebody. Mm -hmm. Even if that's what they needed, because I'd be afraid that they would be like, oh, I'm hurt and wouldn't come back. And he's like, he's like, now there are sometimes things that I have to do that are going to create more inflammation and there's going to be pain involved. And now I can do that because it's going to help them in the long run. And I'm just explaining it, but they've already enrolled in the whole plan. They know that it's part of the plan.
0: So when you create these or when you or when your clients create these programs, is it kind of the type of thing where they pay in advance for a certain time period? How, how does the container yeah. look? That's a great
1: question. So part of what I teach my clients is a sales process. So just to be really clear, you're not going to, you know, a, a many, many massage therapists have, you know, a book now button on their website where people can buy, you know, book and buy right there. This would not, this does not, uh use that approach Um, nobody's gonna buy a program or a treatment plan digitally just you know what i mean because it is going to cost so much more than a single session so you, you enrollment definitely happens through a consultation process so you're inviting people in and you're actually doing your assessment and laying out what the plan is so payment Depending on how long it is, it's either they pay in full up front or you have some kind of payment plan and it's done all automatically. I mean, this, the, these days, it's so easy to set up automatic recurring payments. Yep. So you never have to deal with payments during any session. In fact, it's just all done no matter what. This is one of the reasons why um, I talk about how cancellations become moot. Um, you might get a few reschedules from people and they're like legit. You know what I mean? My kid, you know, was late at school or whatever, and I have to reschedule. Like you don't get people canceling or rescheduling just because they don't feel like coming in. They've already paid for it. It's already paid for it. They're going to make sure they get those sessions in. Um, So it totally, it practically eliminates, you know, cancellations.
0: Well, and if they do cancel, like you've already been paid, so exactly, <laughs> you know, exactly. no the skin up back. I mean, we care about our our clients' progress and whatnot. I should say that it really does
1: eliminate cancellations because you might get some people rescheduling, but people don't not show up, uh, you know. And it's because they've invested. It's not just the money; they've invested energetically. Like they're in this to get the results they're after, you know. So, um, so yeah, the payments happen no matter what. You're never chasing down payments. That's all set up from the beginning. Like I said, we have easy technology these days to just set up a recurring payment plan with somebody. so I have practitioners who design six month and twelve month programs so that can be a you know a monthly payment is just automatically automatically charged
0: with this program approach is is time viewed differently? I know oftentimes you know we're very scheduled as massage therapists um you mean in terms of how many sessions you offer or what do you mean? So, yeah, just in terms of if this time idea, like, are we still saying I'm going to see you on April 15th for 60 minutes at 11 o'clock or is that different with this program approach?
1: Oh, I see. Yeah, so you as the practitioner get to design, part of program design is really looking at what your client needs, what you believe your client actually needs. This is a big shift for practitioners, for sure. You know, I, I think we, whether we're conscious of it or not, I think usually we're not conscious of it. We, we do quite a bit of bending over backwards for clients. Absolutely. Um, to try and please people and try and get them to rebook and so on. So this is like really recognizing that you're not here to please your client and give them what they say they want, but to actually give them what you as a practitioner believe they need. So that's how you decide, you know, the length of the sessions and how frequently you meet. And I've seen a really wide variety of approaches here. The, when I work with clients, and so this is for any you and anyone listening, um, this really is about what do you like if you could design the dream service for this person, what would it be? And so just to give you an example, I had a client who, uh, this is like somewhat unique. Usually people do something like, you know, weekly sessions for some certain amount of time. This practitioner had uh, designed an initial three-month program where, so people were coming to her in pain specifically. Okay. And all different kinds of pains, but that's how they would, that's how they'd end up contacting her. So she had it where the first month you'd actually, the client would come in twice a week. And I don't recall the length of the sessions, but, um, but it would be twice a week. The second month, it moved to once a week. And then the third month, it moved to every other week. Um, and that's how she want that's how she wanted to treat her clients uh, that's how she felt like it, it she she wanted it to be intensive up front that's what she felt they needed so you're determining that so let's just say her initial twice a week sessions were 45 minutes that's her you know she's creating that so yes you absolutely schedule those for those initial programs i encourage people to sit and create the schedule with the client in the enrollment process so the enrollment process is when they're saying yes that's that consultation um, that includes some kind of assessment. And if you can schedule them all out, that's great. And then if they do have a way that they might need to reschedule with an automated scheduler, that's great too. We def- I definitely encourage my clients to, not even encourage, I teach them to use automated schedulers because uh, for one, it sends all these reminders for you automatically, which is fantastic. But also clients can schedule on their own. So for example, that same practitioner who I'm talking about, that initial three-month program, after that, she enrolls people in um, these kind of maintenance-level type programs. And I believe at that point, I could be wrong here, but I believe at that point, there's like there's a couple different options. And I think it might be like once a month or twice a month. And I think that at that point, they're scheduling themselves. So they're already committed. It's still that automatic payment thing. I've committed for a year of, you know, let's say once a month, but I get to schedule those myself. Does that make sense? Do
0: you ever do you ever run into practitioners who have too many clients to where there's not enough time slots? If they're solo practitioners and completely on their own, there is such a thing as being full. Now,
1: I work at the level with my clients where we determine what is full beforehand, if that makes sense. So, here's what I see that I think is a great mistake and is what leads to burnout. I mean, what definitely leads to burnout for practitioners is… Um, Well, honestly, it starts with pricing. And so what happens is practitioners will make up their prices based on, you know, what they see other people charging, what they think the kind of going rate is, what they think people will pay. And so they come up with this price that really is somewhat arbitrary. And so let's just say it's a hundred, I'll use a really nice round numbers will make it easier for me to, to, to do this. Let's just say it's a hundred bucks a uh-huh. session, whatever, like the time that session is. So then they go, okay, I charge a hundred dollars a session. So I want to make $10,000 a month or $10,000 this month. So I need to book a hundred sessions, mm-hmm. right? And so now 100 sessions, we break that down and they're just trying to fill whatever they can. Yeah. up to 100 sessions. To me, that's just completely backwards. So what I do with uh, practitioners is we actually determine what their ideal schedule is. And I mean ideal schedule. And it's it's interesting because so many people are in kind of schedule. So like you're a mom, Allie. It's like, you know, do you want to be waking up and having breakfast with your kids every day? Well, then that's part of your ideal schedule. That's what you're doing every morning, right? right. And so this is really looking at like how many days a week And what days exactly do I want to be working in in and on my business? And what hours exactly? And you truly get to make that up. So we start there. And then we, from there, actually divide how many of those hours are client-facing hours. Mm -hmm. And this one's the kicker, I think. I mean, you may already teach about this. But this is where practitioners have to recognize that they are owners of a business that they're not just practitioners and that you actually need hours
0: each week that are for running your business. Yeah, office hours to kind of get all of the the whatever done, the the laundry, the insurance billing, the whatever. Uh, Yes, the marketing, the sales, the
1: administration and operations um, and finance and financial management. Yeah, those are kind of the five areas that are not client services. And so you need hours for that. So a lot of times people just squeeze that in. Well, I I encourage uh, practitioners to design that from the beginning. And this might be a little bit of a shocker, but I say of your work hours that when you've designed your ideal schedule and of your work hours, that it's 50% maximum is client facing. 50% 50% wow. maximum, yeah. And the truth is, is that actually goes down the more advanced your business is. Yeah. And and you probably experienced this. You had a business with, like, practitioners underneath you and stuff, yep. right? So when you have other if – if you end up scaling your business in that way and you have other practitioners working underneath you, your client-facing hours go down and down because you're running the business. But even as a solo practitioner, I say 50%. Uh, I think some of my clients budget a little bit, make it a little bit more, but that's how we design it so – This is back to that issue of, uh, do you have too many? So when we look at those client-facing hours, we're pricing their services based on that. So we've already determined now, all right, let's say you work 20 hours a week. 50% of that is 10 client-facing hours a week. Your pricing is based on providing you the income and the business revenue that's needed in those client facing hours. Mm-hmm. So there is a full point. Yes. And then at that point when when I'm working with folks, when they're consistently at that full point, they get to choose. Like do you want to scale? Do you want to stay right there where you are and you're just rolling and then you need to figure out ways to ways to manage your lead flow? Like if people are showing up but you're not able to serve them, if you keep turning people away, it's actually going to negatively impact your business. So you got to figure that out. Or uh, I think a lot of people love the idea of, of scaling and bringing in help in some way and being able to serve more people. So some people go that route. So yeah, there's also, there's other, I'll just mention there's other ways to scale too. I, I mean, there's other ways to scale, uh, maybe not so much with hands-on work, but it's possible. I haven't, I haven't worked with anyone who's done this yet, but another way is by, by putting clients together into more of a group setting. So you're serving multiple clients all in the same time period. Have
0: you seen massage therapists do that before? I have not, no. But I'm, I'm always game for, yeah. <laughs> for I mean, open minds and creativity. I've gone to PT clinics where they do that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, definitely. Have,
1: Acupuncture does
0: that, yep. Yep, they'll have one person, you know, on one table doing one thing and another person doing an exercise on another thing. Um, mm-hmm. Interesting. Which Which kind of... Brings up for me too, in these programs, like as massage therapists, would our programs just be massage or would there be other things that we would bring into the program to offer the clients? I am so excited to share our sponsor today. I was first introduced to Sacred Earth Botanicals when I was still in massage school and I fell in love. The thick lasting glide allowed me to achieve a greater depth than ever before and from a small, ethical, environmentally friendly company. What could be better? Sacred Earth is one of the only USDA certified organic products on the market. Their oil, gel, salves, essential oils, fractionated coconut oil, and arnica oil all have the USDA logo. It's also hypoallergenic and does not contain nut oils, parabens, or fragrances, making it a great choice for those with allergies. My personal favorite, their cream. With an extremely high concentration of organic oils and extracts, a little goes a long way, saving you money. And clients love it. I often sell it to them for their own personal use as a hand cream. Sacred Earth is only sold through authorized dealers. Visit their website at sacredearthbotanicals.com to find a store near you.
1: Ooh, I love that question. Well, when I'm working with practitioners, I prompt them to be designing, as I said before, what's the dream service? You know, if you could provide everything you believe this client needs this person needs what would it be and that gives them permission to incorporate many more aspects many other modalities for example that previously they kind of wanted to but didn't or never really enforced so absolutely i i think every uh hands-on practitioner i worked with has added things
0: besides their primary modality what are some examples of things that they've added yeah so I
1: think most often with uh, body workers, it has been um, different exercises, forms of stretching, forms of using balls and rolling out one uh, had one massage therapist who also so uh, had um, shoot there were some kind of supplements or essential oils or something there was some kind of product there. Okay. What else? So, And that looks like a number of ways. So, for example, some practitioners, it's interesting, I just saw, uh, I actually just went through a, a series with a former client of mine, <laughs> myself as a client. Oh, cool. um, she's local. And so, for example, um, part of our sessions were her teaching me particular stretches. Okay. And then my homework for that week would be, um, would be doing those. Um, and she'd kind of add a few each time. Other practitioners will record videos and send them to the clients and say, these are the, you know, here's two videos. These are the two, you know, exercises or stretches or whatever to work on this week. Like I said, there's, there's different, you know, there's, there's so many brands now. So there's like, What is there? There's like alpha balls. There's all just different little tools.
0: Rad rad rollers. That's
1: one that I use. Right. And so usually in in this programmatic approach, you are providing that for your client. It's part of what goes into the cost. And again, that's such a nice, it's just such a nice whole treatment plan for the client that they're being provided these things that it's part, it's part of what you're building into your pricing, you know?
0: Well, and I mean, I, for, for a client to walk away after signing up for a program with something physical in hand too, I'm sure that that just helps that client relation. Um, yeah. You know, just feel a little more secure and, um, and like they're tangibly getting something when they, you know, maybe have put down a big chunk of change. Yeah. Yeah
1: getting in it's something they can use forever, you know, even after if they've stopped seeing you. And um, so that's all part of it. You know, it's all, all included. Um, I'm trying to think specifically with body workers, if there's anything else kind of interesting that I've seen. I mean, part Uh, of the
0: reason I ask is because I think that we're really taught as therapists to really make sure that we're staying within our scope of practice. So when I think of these, this program approach, I think, well, yeah, there's a lot of little, things that I've picked up from my personal life over the years that helped me to have a more balanced, healthier, pain-free life. But is it within my scope of practice to offer this to a client and to charge as part of a service, you know, kind of that ethical dilemma and just knowing where those boundaries lie?
1: Yeah, this, I would put that in your court. And in fact, because I work with, because I work with people in different fields, some of which are licensed like massage therapy and some of which are not I leave it to you as the practitioner to determine your the ethical boundaries that you you know believe you need to follow, and sometimes that means just calling up one of the professional organizations and saying, "I have this question," <laughs> right? So it's interesting. It's been really individual. I, I work with a number of psychotherapists. They really, really feel very, very um, bounded yeah. by um, by their licensure, but some of them. <laughs> You know, some of them are much more um, relaxed and fluid about it than others. It really has been individual. So I, I leave that to you as the individual. What I will say is that if there are things that you want your clients to get that you feel are not simply out of your scope of practice, but out of your expertise, just a truly, this is not something, you know, I can provide. Let's just say that you believe that's, that psychotherapy should be part of what your clients get as, you know, in their in their body work with you. I, I've never heard that, but let's just say that would be where you, that would be a situation where you actually seek really wonderful partners and figure out a collaboration where uh, where you can include them as part of your services, so you can absolutely do that as well. We all need psychotherapy, so <laughs> right.
0: I don't, I don't think it's a terrible idea. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, including it in your in your own program is is a different thing. I mean, it could simply be something you recommend, you know. So yeah, but uh, I, like, I
0: like this idea of collaborating with people that maybe like. You know, like an acupuncturist or a chiropractor, like where you if you feel like maybe they need, you know, one treatment of chiropractic per month while they're seeing you the rest of the time having some sort of a, a collaboration. I think that's an interesting kind of concept.
1: Yeah. And the trick is to build it in so that they're not you're not sending them to somebody else to then go through now their whole you know, sales process, whatever it is, and so on, where it's really built into what you do. That's, that's the beauty for the client is, you know, making it really smooth and just part of what you do.
0: Yeah. Um, Joanna, another thing that you talk about is that we as practitioners kind of know what our clients' needs are. How does a therapist get comfortable knowing that they know what's best for their client?
1: Oh that's a good question. It's a deep question <laughs> um, I think that only comes from experience and building your confidence in it and also being okay with being being wrong sometimes. I think I mentioned before that you know you can and should always be transparent with your clients so I think the more, you know, you design programs based on purely based on your experience. So I'll just tell you kind of briefly the way that I, um, I mean, it's just a kind of bird's eye view of the way that I lead practitioners into program design is we identify their favorite clients that they ever had. Okay. And then we actually analyze those people. And if you do this, if you take like your three to five favorite clients ever, you're, and, and you identify why they were your favorites, you're going to find patterns that might surprise you. And so we take those people and we t- we, you can just take one of them, take the top person, right? And say, now, when this person first came to you, whether it was years ago or they're still working with you now, you know, when they first came to you, now that you've worked with them and, you know, you know uh, you know what's going on with them much better what what is the what would you have wanted to give them from the beginning? What's that process? What's that journey? What would you have designed for them? And you take that and you look at it with the other favorites as well, and there's some basic structure that's gonna be there in place. And when you're starting this process, you just gotta go with that. You're gonna enroll your first person in this, and the first time is gonna be your first time. It's like a first draft. And so, let's say that you have determined, okay, I think that this initial process when somebody comes to me, and again, let's just say, you know, somebody's coming with a particular, you know, pain or injury or something. Mm -hmm. And you say, okay, I think this is going to be this 12-week process, and I'm going to lead the person through this, and then this, and then this. You know, first, I'm going to be addressing this this thing and next we'll move on to this and next we'll move on to this and so there's these phases to it and let's just say you know you're you start out with this okay they should come in once once a week for this 12 weeks you're you're you've thought that out you're not making it up out of thin air you've thought that out you've thought about what the process is but you're going to take somebody through it and you and you're testing it that's what it is you're testing it and you see how it goes and you can tweak it as you're going and then the second person's going to come and you're going to make whatever adjustments you need for them. So maybe, maybe you run the first person through and you realize 12 weeks was way too short or it was way too long or something, or, you know, or it only needs half the time. So your next person, you'll try six weeks and you will keep doing that until you get it. And so uh, to be really clear, Ali, one of the reasons for doing that, like the main reason for doing this is to serve your clients more deeply and truly help them get results. I mean, that's like the primary reason. A second reason is that it's so much better for your business. I mean, it just provides predictable and and steady income. But a third reason is to make your business run smoothly for it to be streamlined. So ultimately, you definitely want to be getting to a place where everything is... I'm gonna use the word standardized. I just use streamlined. I think that's a better better word is streamlined, where your services run so smoothly that you're not making up new stuff for each new person. I, I just wanna be clear about that. When you're when you're first starting this, you're gonna be making adjustments, but ultimately you want it to be. So smooth that you can systematize as much
0: of it as possible. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, it does. But like, it brings up for me too. Like, don't we want to tailor our programs to our clients' specific needs? Absolutely. So there's lots of room for that.
1: First of all, you can have more than one program. I recommend that everybody start with one program for one type of person or one type of problem. Um, most people will fall in that. But you could have different. You could have different programs um based on uh different needs that's one thing but then also within the session there's always room does that make sense i mean there's always room for what you're going to do but when i talk about systematizing even something like we talked about scheduling before being able to systematize scheduling great that's going to save you a bunch of time systematizing payments going to save you a bunch of time there might be remember how you were asking about um you know what other kind of extra stuff or other modalities people bring in yeah. well let's say that you know certain exercises or certain stretches are part of what you provide. I mentioned that um, I mentioned that some people have videos, right? Well, when you're kind of not so streamlined yet and you're figuring all this out, you might pull up a video or make a video yourself, find something on YouTube or make one yourself, and you might just shoot it to the person right then, right? But over time, you may discover that Here's these ten exercises that I end up giving to everyone. Like everyone is benefiting from these. These, this, uh, my people all need these ten. Well, when you make, you can make a simple library online. You know, attached to your website or whatever. There's a million different pieces of software you could use for this, but you can make this library where it becomes really, really simple to direct somebody to this exercise and this exercise. Uh, That's what I mean by the streamlined approach, right? So it just makes it easier and easier for you to serve your clients at this, at this deeper level.
0: Yeah. It reminds me I, during COVID, I was doing a whole foam rolling self-care series for my clients when they couldn't see us us practitioners and, um, you know, just went on YouTube and uploaded the videos on YouTube and shared links to the clients
1: Yeah, exactly. And so you can, I mean, I'll just throw in, you can get really fancy with this, you know, so, you know, you you might have this program. And again, yes, there's totally room for individualization in your your one-on-one time with them. But you may have, what people who work with me in a longer term way have often developed is a sometimes we call it an on ramp, but it, they'll develop a series of emails that go to every client over the time of their initial program with them. So, again, let's say it's a short term initial program to help somebody get out of some particular pain. Let's just say it's 10 weeks long. They'll have a 10 week email series that's leading that person step by step through the things they need to do and believe and understand it could even be explanations of what the different, uh, what do you, what do you call, what do massage therapists call your maneuvers your movements that you do with somebody? It could be an explanation of that different pieces. So that is automated. Right. And so it's like your clients are being nurtured through that whole process with you and you develop, you develop knowing what they need at any given time by, by leading people through it.
0: I, I kind of have a question, like if you have a practitioner who's been working the session by session way, and now they're wanting to switch to this more program approach, do you recommend that they just flip overnight? Or do you recommend that they take one program client as they're kind of phasing out the session by session approach? I love
1: how practical all your questions are.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So this question, I
1: get asked this a lot by practitioners who are, who are embarking on this process. So the way I lead people through it is, no, you don't do it overnight at all. What I generally do is, so after we've, you know, designed their programs and with me, anyway, they learn the sales process to enroll people. Once they've I'm done sure, that, again, I'm sure that sales process is a huge piece of this. Oh, it totally is. Yeah, it's a huge piece. I keep referring it to it in our conversation here is the consultation. That's what I usually call it, but it might be called any number of things. And for a body worker, it includes an assessment and it may even include an actual hands-on assessment. Okay. So it's not a massage. It's not that they're getting a massage. But they are getting a hands-on assessment from you because you, whatever you need as a massage therapist to determine what you believe is the right plan for them. Part of this process, the, this entire approach, is really recognizing that you may not be the best practitioner for everybody that comes to you. And that's entirely okay. And it's actually going to be better for your business if you learn to turn away people who you think are, are you're not going to be able to help or are not as committed as they need to be to to get the help they're looking for. Um, So part of that assessment process, too, is you determining, can I really help this person? You know, is what I have actually what they need? And there's no problem with saying it's not. You might realize you just need psychotherapy. Go to this person. (laughs) (laughs) Since we mentioned that before. So what, what what was what was the previous question that I was? The getting previous to? question was just, oh. if,
0: if you have if you have a practice and you have decided okay I'm done with the session by session approach I want to jump on board and do program work with people uh, do you recommend right. flipping overnight? Right, right. So as I was saying,
1: we we kind of you know they build the programs and then we learn the sales process and we have in in my program like the. A, a milestone is your first enrollment in your program. And so, no, you absolutely don't flip it overnight. What you want to do is really prove mostly to yourself that this totally works. And so, once somebody gets their first enrollment in a program, what that's when, I, that's when we go to the practitioner and I go to the practitioner and I say, okay, what's your timeline going to be? And I usually suggest one of two approaches, either you enroll a certain number of people in the new way in in the program mm-hmm. and you get to decide how many that is so it's just whatever you need for the confidence like oh this totally works i totally know how to do this and what's what what i love seeing is sometimes people will say okay i want to enroll you know six people in the new thing and um and then they, they enroll two and they're working with them and they're like so thrilled and amazed at how different it is because it really is so different to have somebody who's, who's fully committed to this journey. Mm-hmm. There's just a whole different energy to it when, like I said, when you take away that idea that you need to be pleasing them in the moment so they'll rebook and it's instead you're on this path together And you're like a team together. It's just a totally, totally different feeling. So people get so excited by that that they're like ready, like okay, I want to do everybody now. They're like frustrated at that point with anybody, any of their previous clients scheduling single sessions. So with the gift certificate clients, (laughs) right, right, exactly, yeah. So usually, so like I said, usually I say certain number of clients or I say a certain amount of income. So sometimes people will say like once I've made thirty thousand in this new thing, and again. Often what happens is they start and they just go, oh, my goodness, this, I'm ready. There's, this is just, you know, so much better. I mean, there is a careful process. I, I call it a campaign. It's like a re-education campaign of all your former clients. And so, uh, like, I use this very particular letter template where you're explaining the changes and you're sending it to all your former clients. And you'll find that uh, that some of your former clients who are on that session-by-session session approach are Thrilled, They're like, hallelujah, I love it. And they schedule a consultation with you. <laughs> and some of those people you may never get again, but it make, kind of makes no difference financially because, uh, because you're enrolling people in such larger, larger financial co- commitments.
0: So now the flip side of that, Joanna, what if there was a practitioner who just wanted to come out of the gate with a program approach to running their business? Do you have people like that that you help?
1: Um, somebody, you mean just starting their business? Yeah. I think if somebody, I think you need to be an experienced practitioner in order to be able to design programs. Mm -hmm. So like you, I work with some practitioners who have done their craft in different settings, but have never had their own business. Mm -hmm. Um, that makes total sense. Like you've worked with, you know, you have a body of clients you've worked with, uh, you know, let's say more than a hundred and you have that experience to say, here's who I love working with. Here's the problems I love uh, helping with. And you can design programs based on that. I think it's fine to start your business with that. But if you're a brand new practitioner and you're just, you know, you're just getting your initial hours in you need to really get those hours in, like, and and I, I think, Ali, I, I wonder if you would agree. I mean, I think everybody needs to experience the failures too of not being able to help somebody or of crappy clients who don't do well. You got to see what all the downsides are in order to put in place all the kind of boundaries and pieces that you want to to be serving, you know, great clients.
0: I think uh, I think for myself in the beginning, it was like I didn't want to believe that there were crappy clients or that someone could be a crappy client and it did take some education and experience on my part to to realize that I need boundaries around certain people and that's gonna just serve me a whole lot better than just trying to think that it's me and that I need to do something different so that these clients will be better clients for me I mean, there's a lot there. I do see
1: that this sales system that I'm talking about, this enrollment process, uh-huh. it, it really clearly communicates boundaries, and it's it has this kind of amazing effect of either you filter people out because part of it is filtering people out mm-hmm. um, that are just not the best fit for you. So it filters people out, and it brings people into alignment who maybe wouldn't have been before, if that makes sense. It's like the idea of boundaries. We could be talking about a lot of things, but the fact is, is that boundaries tell people what's expected and people will, will cross boundaries that you have when you don't communicate them. They don't know that they're there, but when they know that they're there, good people are totally know how to stay within them. You know what I mean? So uh, you really, of course, want your whole business to communicate that, but this sales process does that really well.
0: And it sounds like to working in this approach that you're probably having to change a lot of your language and communication that you use, the words that you use and the way that you describe what you're doing and how you're approaching things. That's, that's something that you go over and teach as well.
1: Yeah. I, the way I do that is, uh, or the way I teach my clients how to do that is, I mean, this kind of foundational thing that we do is we, they create, a visual framework that communicates, expresses, shows how they do the work that they do. And so this is hard to describe in an audio format like this, but we're talking about, I think, a, a visual framework that probably everyone listening would be familiar with would be Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You know that one? Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. So it's like shaped like a triangle. Right. So that's that's what I mean by a visual framework. It expresses, in this case, these levels of somebody's needs and how they all relate to each other as well. And so in that case, it's presented as a hierarchy. Right. These levels have you have to have this covered before you can address this one before you can address this one. Well, for practitioners, we want some kind of visual model like that, that expresses all the depth of what they do. Um, so for example since we've been talking about you know let's say it's a massage therapist so the hands-on soft tissue work is one aspect but maybe there is the stretching and exercises as well and then maybe there's the at-home fascial work that people are that you want people to be doing let's just say those are like the three core elements of what you do you want to have that in a visual framework is it's just a It's a great way to present it, but it also teaches you how to talk about those pieces with clients. So, yes, that's part of either your marketing or your sales process where you use that and you're explaining to people these pieces. In your marketing, you get to highlight what their problems are that they want handled and you get to introduce them to here are the components you're missing. You know, you're missing the... The hands-on work, the hands-on, uh, the hands-on work, the exercises, and the whatever, the facial work that you could do at home, and that's just showing people like this is what you need, and it's exactly what you offer. So, so yes, learning how to express and communicate what you bring, um, which is always going to be unique, Ali. It's like even. Even like those three that I said, you know, some of you listening, it's like there may be multiple people listening right now who do all three of those things. But the fact is, is that the way you do them and the way you describe them and why you think they're important are all individual to us. Our life experiences make us different practitioners, no matter what, even if we're coming with the same exact credentials and using the same modalities, we're still different. And you want, you want to be able to explain that.
0: Yeah, I like that. So Joanna, you have a you have a resource for our listeners, right? I do.
1: Yeah, I've got a, a like a free webinar that you can watch, a free training that awesome. you can watch. Can you can you tell us where to find that? Yeah, you can find that at JoannaSappear slash MassageBusinessMama, and um, that's a great kind of little intro into it's it's five shifts you can make right now in your business to start moving towards getting these long-term committed clients and creating steady, predictable income. So
0: I address some of the pieces of what we talked about today, plus more. You know, Joanna, what I really love about that is the idea of going back and looking at like, who are your top three favorite clients that you've ever worked with? And I love the idea of building a practice around people that fit that description, how much less of an energy suck is that to just be surrounded by people that like you resonate with and that are taking your advice and whatnot. I love that. That's what stands out to you. Cause it's uh, it's truly a
1: beautiful thing. It's like, there are these parts of business that don't have to be hard yeah. <laughs> and, and that's one of them. And, um, and it's definitely, there's definitely a mindset component to that. What you're talking about is recognizing like, I don't have to help everyone you know it's a great reason to have people you know connections with people who are with other massage therapists that you can make referrals to and you can kindly refer people to others when they're not the right fit for you and so getting clear on who's who's the best fit for you who you love working with and see the best results from your service and building your business around them it's a game changer.
0: And I think, you know, I think sometimes we think if a client isn't good for us, that they won't be good for someone else. But like during COVID, I had a friend who shut down her practice for an extended period of time. And a lot of her clients, she referred to me and some of them were her dream clients. And it was really hard for me to connect and work with them. So, I mean, I I think it's important to know that, you know, there's someone for everyone (laughs) kind of thing. That's such a great point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to share with us, Joanna? I don't think so.
1: You, you dug in there and you asked some really detailed questions. So I, think
0: well, I I do think it's just, it's such an interesting concept of how to build a business. And, um, I think, I think anytime that we can get out of that grind mode, especially if we've been in business for a while, that it's, it's really important because, you know, burnout is really real, and this just seems like an approach that could really drastically reduce that for a lot of practitioners.
1: Yeah, it's, it's so much better for you as the practitioner and for the business, and the beauty of it is it's so much better for the clients, too. It's just
0: such an all-around winning situation. Yeah. So, Joanna, you have a podcast of your own, too. I do, it's you- fairly fairly new in season one. Yeah, how's that going for you? It's
1: great. Um, it's been great and I would be happy to invite more listeners. So it's called the Business Revolution for Practitioners with Joanna Sapir. and you can find it on any podcast player.
0: Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing your time. And um, it's just been such a pleasure to have you on. And I, I just really appreciate learning more about what it is that you offer to practitioners like us.
1: Likewise, Ali. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you so much for listening. And please reach out to us if you have any questions or topics you would like covered. We love suggestions. Find us at www.alignwiththemassagebusinessmama.com. Also, we wouldn't hate it if you were inclined to share or review our episode. Until next time, stay healthy, massage therapists.